Welcome to the Hong Kong Virtual Reality Podcast, where we're talking about tech, innovation, virtual reality, augmented reality, and more. And we're going all around Asia, starting from right in Hong Kong. So let's tune in. And you can also check us out on the web at www.hongkongvirtualreality.com. Love Global From Asia and want to get even more? Then check out our members-only area at gfavip.com. Here you'll get insights and access to me as well as other members in our private forum, as well as a ton of other valuable knowledge and information, as well as special connections, monthly calls, insights, discounts on product services and events, and more. Plus, it really helps support the show. Check it out at www.gfavip.com. Thank you, everybody, for tuning to Hong Kong Virtual Reality Podcast. We're in Germany today with Rahel Demont. How are you today? Exactly, that's me. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much for inviting me to this podcast series. Um, yeah, I'm sitting here in Frankfurt in Germany right now. It's early morning here. And uh, yeah, I actually, I'm the co-founder of VR First. And VR First is democratizing VR and AR globally all around the world. So I actually got into VR First or I started building VR First around three years ago. And it was still coinciding with my, my time at Crytek. And Crytek, as you probably know, is very big on VR. And they released uh, last year this game, The Climb. And The Climb, it's actually an amazing experience. That's also how I got personally into VR. And it's uh, an experience where you climb up different landscapes. So, for example, you have the Alps or you have fantastic paradise islands or you're climbing up the Rocky, uh, Rocky Mountains. So it's very nice because there is no risk of motion sickness. And that's what makes people really, when they are trying first time, especially first timers for VR, uh, they love VR afterwards because it's just amazing to look down the mountains. And um, the game has actually been developed together with, um, with climbers, with real professional climbers, so that it's really like a very near realistic experience to climb up those landscapes and uh, yeah it's always like I also had my parents for example try it and yeah they were really like believing it like believing in in this in this uh, yeah environment and were fascinated afterwards so that's how I got personally into the whole VR AI um, space and uh, started VR first afterwards. Exciting so yeah I agree I mean I think when people experience it for the first time like you said in the mountains or or on the water or, you know, anywhere in, re, you know, virtual reality or almost feels like re, reality. And um, so, so what I'm curious, maybe people curious about VR first, what, you know, what, what, how did yeah. you, what, how'd you get that started? Yeah, definitely. So basically uh, what we're doing, um, we had a lot of nice contacts at Oculus, at HTC, at Intel, at AMD, at all these hardware, um, VR hardware related manufacturers. And um, they actually also, I mean, the whole industry is aware of the fact that we need to increase awareness, that we really need to democratize the industry. And um, so they basically donated a lot of equipment to us. And uh, we had a very, very large network of academic institutions. So basically what we did, like all the academic institutions that want to really teach more VR, that really want to expand knowledge about VR, that are hosting hackathons, that are hosting all these events. Um, we really supported them by building up labs at their facilities. So basically, 
we donated equipment to them, we helped them establish curricula, we really yeah, we helped them like build like up industry networks and communities. And now we have 52 labs all around the world and uh, at really different locations. So, for example, of course, there is a lot in the US, there is a lot in Europe, but also we are really trying to also focus on Africa, on South America, on Asia. So we have labs like really all over, like in Vietnam, in South Africa, in Mexico, in Brazil. So um, we're really democratizing VIR on a global level. And that's how we basically started off building a network because all these labs, of course, they're very fond of us supporting us, uh, supporting them. And um, and they uh, and basically that's like our basis foundation of building a network of developers, of students, of researchers, of also like we are very close with science parks as well. Um, so we have this network, these large networks. And uh, with those, we are helping companies which want to source either ideas on how they can really uh, yeah, work on VIR or improve uh, VIR inside their own pro processes or yeah, to source different um, developers, different talents to prototype their projects or to really like yeah have like a have like a piloting phase with one of our VIR experts so really we um we benefit a lot of building this platform of developers uh, we're doing that actually under our XR first uh, brand and uh, yeah that's basically how we how we build up how we started off and um yeah like that's that's VR first in a nutshell <laughs> exciting it's definitely great um Maybe we, maybe listeners or even even uh, even us here on the show can help uh, help you guys expand with this. It's it's exciting and it's yeah, definitely. If there is any like university that wants to get into VR that needs some support or some advice on how to build up a lab or on how to build up a curriculum, we are definitely there for them. And we are always looking for more on the other side for more XR VR experts to join us to help companies to really uh, yeah get VR AR into their own businesses. Very good. Yeah, I think we can have we can have some interesting discussion too. Uh, I'd love to help you out. Um, and so you've probably seen so many projects. You, you know, you said at Quitech, you're the first mountain you uh, experienced. Uh, what are some of the more interesting applications you've seen with uh, with VR or and or AR? Yeah, I mean, for example, like um, last month, we were actually working with the um, AWE, with the Augmented World Expo. They are actually um, hosting the Augie Awards for the last nine years. And we were working with them on doing these um, Augie Awards, which are kind of like the Oscars of VIR um, in Europe as well. So we basically, within our network, we really like asked all and we put the, the focus on collaboration efforts between uh, industry and academia because we think that's really like because the industry kind of has the funds to support the academic um, academic efforts and also can help um, help academia to really make the project a little bit more like um, yeah business applicable let's say that so we really like called out to all our network like including like all these universities Princeton Harvard Stanford um, Berkeley and so on like really like the top institutions to really like apply to these Oki awards with their um, industry academia collaboration projects and we had really like amazing projects out there so um, in regards of the Augie Awards which happened actually in, in, in Munich on in October like 19th of October we were honoring the best projects and there were um, surprisingly the winners were healthcare projects so basically mm. there was one project winning 
which was the, about eye rotation therapy. So basically, when you have like a eye disorder, like of like that you're not really looking into one direction, but it's like in two directions, right? Um, you can really fix that with virtual reality. So they they actually won. And then there was a second healthcare uh, project about like surgery, you know, like how you teach surgery really like with uh, with haptical effects as well. And um, because right now like med- uh, medical doctors, they are training on dead bodies or they are training on like, yeah, um, on, on limited material, let's say that. Yeah. And now they just VR, <laughs> they can, uh, they can uh, train it like um, in an unlimited way and really improve, uh, yeah, how they are doing their surgery. Okay, that is an interesting application. I mean, I guess it's, a lot of times people have also said education in a way that's somewhat education. I mean, practice, you know, you'd be able to to learn with on yeah with, in in a in a in a online way. So that's that's also that's um. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, education is a huge, huge, uh, uh, yeah, vertical for virtual reality applications, and we are always seeing that. I mean, we are more as we are first. We are helping really like on how to teach VR AR, and not so much how to teach inside VR AR. But of course, we are seeing lots of schools like younger uh, generations, which which are starting to learn inside VR, right? Because you can really like. Uh, yeah, learn about the Middle Ages, for example, by just living it, right? And you will learn in a much more immersive way than like on the classical weeding methods, which might be more boring for students. <laughs> I I uh, I was one of those bored students. <laughs> that would be pretty cool to be able to experience it with your classmates in a, in a classroom. Um, what what about challenges? You know, maybe some projects that you've been you've heard of or been involved with that might have uh, really pushed the boundaries or or you know other other challenges. I mean, for us, really, like as we are regularly hosting these hackathons and these challenge- online competitions and challenges, it's um, really like the Augie Awards were actually quite challenging because um, we were actually deciding quite late on, on, on collaborating and working together. So basically, we had only one month to have to reach out to people to apply to, to win the award, right? So, but we were really like... Um, yeah, we really like called all the universities. We really reached out to them one by one, and uh, we made it happen. And we are really proud that really like 114 um, projects actually applied, and really like from the top institutions and also from the top um, top industry industry like Audi, Porsche, BMW, all these uh, companies also applied to us to win the Augie Awards. So we were like very like it was a short time amount of time, but I think we we managed it well. So, but like yeah, having this limit of time is always like a yeah yeah a big a big challenge actually and um yeah that's one of the stories i could tell nice i understand and you know you you know you're you're very global i mean it's isn't an internet so internet or now vr is so amazing to connect people all around the world and and you you're with your platform you know on your website and also in your discussion you have uh labs and and people everywhere what what trends do you see like is there certain regions or countries that you think are adopting faster or embracing VR, AR faster? 
I mean, actually, I think I think you're the right person to tell. But I see like so much like advance in in Asia. Like Asia is just crazy, right? I mean, um, all these people that are already used to like playing games in VR and experiencing it, and it's much more faster definitely than than in Europe, where people really like are still first timers of the of the industry and and the US, of course, like especially California. Uh, California people are very very um, fast on these technologies, so that's definitely a trend I see. Um, I mean, in Europe, I see amazing projects, but it's not so so much. Uh, people are not so much aware of it in the in the population. But of course, research is also very, very good and growing. True. Yeah. I mean, it's it's exciting here in Asia. I mean, and yeah, I mean, you have all these like location uh, uh, location based VR, right? Like all these centers where you can just go and play games, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like there's uh, there's nothing like that here in in Germany. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not in. Not in not at that scale. Of course, there are small centers where you can try, but uh, not these huge. I mean, I was just in Japan um, a few months ago, and there's really like so many, so many places where you can experience VR and where people regularly go. That's just crazy. <laughs> it's true. I mean, it's. Uh, I think it also probably does come from the gaming. I think that's. It's a, it, honestly, it kind of concerns me because you know, if you're on the metro in Asia, in most parts of Asia, you'll see everybody on the phone a lot of most of them either chatting on a chat app or playing a game you know so it's uh with vr it's even the next level of immersion and yeah we're actually like thinking also about that because we're very academia close um we are thinking about like how to set up standards right how to really um yeah talk about all these ethical implications that vr has right from uh yeah from the data because like vr is the first medium where you actually can really like um let's say consciously impact your subconsciousness so like in in the traditional media you cannot really work with your subconscious on a direct level but in vr you can really like impact it directly so as a user you always have to be aware of that that it's really going to change you when you when you use vr and um and that and people could really use that as we already are seeing with like all the elections going on that um that voters are being influenced with fake media with fake news etc etc and in vr these effects will be even stronger and you will not have like easy ways to 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 see that it's actually like a fake experience so it can be used in all kinds of like negative ways as well as positive ways right right now in the industry we are of course always trying to talk about positive ways like for example if you have an unconscious bias like against a certain kind of people you can really like um take that off with vr and it's already used in schools where for example um yeah like teachers are used to giving like um, yeah, people like students, students with specific names, um, like for example, Chantal, they will just, because of the names, they will give a lower grade, right? Just because there is some kind of subconscious bias. And with, with VR, you can really treat that and you can really measure that right now. So you can really treat these kind of things, but of course that works in the other way around as well. So we really have to make sure that um, we are, that there are ethical standards being implied whenever we are developing apps and whenever, of course, we are using that. But that's like a really like very complicated topic and uh yeah it's, it could take hours to talk about that yeah i know there's so much to so much to share um if if somebody's not yet in the vr i i uh, hope it's not a surprise question but what do you think is the best way for people i guess to experience it at an event right i mean how can people uh, first get involved with uh, virtual reality or, or maybe ar yeah, definitely experience it at events. I mean, there's lots of um, VR, AR meetups all around the world where you can experience it. And of course, there is a lot of like, um, uh, yeah, you know, big, uh, big. I don't know how it's called in Hong Kong, but there, for example, in, in Germany or in Europe, it's called like media markets 
or um, there's all these like places where you can buy um, tech items, right? And they always have like demo stations for VR, so you could also just experience it there. Yeah, yep, yep. Um, so this has been a great conversation, and what do you think some of the biggest challenges has been in, in adopting VR and AR more in, into society? I mean, it's really like a chicken and egg problem, as we always say in the industry. Uh, it's really like, I mean, first of all, surprising. I mean, there was just the AR headset Magic Leap released, and it's still very, very expensive. And it's not even like you cannot even buy it, for example, in Europe easily. And, uh, and of course, for the headsets for the HTC Vive or the Oculus Rift, you always need a high-performing PC. And some people don't even know that when they are buying the headset and they just have to return it because they don't have the, the, the PC, which is also another like two, three thousand euros, right, or, or dollars. And, um, and so basically, but whenever you have bought it, there's also the problem that there's not so much content. So, yeah, it's like, uh, first of all, you will not buy it because it's very expensive. And then people uh, will be disappointed because there is not so much to, to play or there's not so much content actually to use. So that's um, that's two two problems which we're really fighting with, but uh, which will, of course, be, yeah, the, the cheaper it gets and the more content there is, people will love it and um, be more willing to, to adopt it. Very good. And... So this has been a great talk. What's the best? I mean, it's very, you got a great domain, vrfirst.com. I mean, what's the best? Is there, a, is of course, the website? Is there ways people can connect with you and, and uh, your team or what you guys are doing more? Yeah, of course. I mean, just check out our website. Of course, we have vrfirst.com and xrfirst.com for the platform. And uh, of course, over LinkedIn, everyone can reach to me directly, Rahel Demand, and um, also like for Rahel at vrfirst.com. That's very easy ways to connect with me. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much for sharing today. Yeah, thank you very much for the invitation. Need unique content for your business? Who doesn't? At contentinvestments.com, there's a network of writers ready to write unique blog, product review, and other articles for your business. As the saying goes, content is king. Check it out today at www.contentinvestments.com where you can subscribe for one-off articles or monthly subscriptions. Check it out today.